This episode of Industry Focus is supported by NetSuite, the business management software that handles every aspect of your business in an easy-to-use cloud platform. Download their free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits, today at netsuite.com slash full. Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every single day. Today is Wednesday, August the 28th, and we're talking healthcare. I'm your host, Shannon Jones, and I am joined via Skype by healthcare guru and world traveler, Todd Campbell. Todd, welcome back. How was the trip? Uh, it was it was great. Actually, I have a value tip for all of our listeners out there. Give it to us. Are you Are you ready? Okay, so... If you're thinking about traveling and you're thinking about traveling to Europe, please put Prague on your short list of places to go. And the reason I say it's a value tip, one dollar, one US dollar buys 23 of the Czech currency. And I tell you, I was there with a family of four. We had to work really, really hard to spend $100 on a meal. Wow. That, I'm <clears throat> yeah. sold right now, Todd. <laughs> yeah, it's and it's gorgeous. The town is <clears throat> incredibly cosmopolitan. Lots of stuff going on. Great food, great people, really friendly. Uh, it was just a really. It was a good. It was good to get out of the U.S. and see <clears throat> this other area of the world. Great, great. Well, I am so glad that you're back, Todd, and uh, especially glad that you're back for this week's show because it's all about diving into the senior care market. Uh, Todd, I know you and I have talked about the growing aging population, specifically the baby boomers, a lot in the uh, industry-focused healthcare shows. And especially here in the U.S., the the market opportunity is massive. And so that does create an opportunity for investors. So today's show is really about diving into that opportunity and discussing two companies, a well-known public company and also a privately held company that's really stepping up to the plate uh, to help out with our growing aging population. We'll also have a very special guest join us on the second half of the show for that. But Todd, uh, let's just first set the stage. What makes the senior home care market such a massive opportunity right now? This is such a great time to be doing this show for me, Shannon, because I'm actually hunting for a caregiver right now for my mother-in-law. I mean, we I'm a little bit older and, you know, my my uh, parents and my wife's parents are are getting getting, you know, well into their 70s and actually my mother-in-law has type 1 diabetes and as a result, you know, her vision has deteriorated over the years. And, you know, it's tough. It's tough when you're raising a family and you've got all these other commitments that you have to do uh, to also make sure that you're there and available as much as you'd like to be for um, for the parents that raised you. So, you know, we're actually taking advantage of some of the services we're going to be talking about today uh, in, in evaluating people who may be closer to where she lives that may be able to pitch in and help out. And I think that's something that I'm not alone in. I think a lot of, a lot of people uh, are, are doing that. I mean, we, I was looking at the numbers, Shannon, there's 75, over 75 million baby boomers, and they're turning 65 at a pace of 10,000 people per day from here through 2029. And a lot of those uh, seniors are going to require some help, you know, whether it means getting to a doctor's appointment or if it means, you know, house cleaning or, or just, you know, providing some companionship. And it's not just seniors that these sites that are linking, I guess, people like me to these care providers are, are addressing. They're also helping out um, parents 
in finding childcare and, you know, busy working uh, moms and dads with things like, you know, tying up with house cleaners. So it's, it's a, I think it's a very interesting and, and important growth market, especially because of the retiring baby boomers and just how much of the population is to be shifting to the older, um, shifting older over the course of the next decade or two. Yeah, and I think with this massive market opportunity, there's also the other side of this, and that's the caregiver side. Um, are there enough skilled caregivers out there to address the needs of a population that's living longer? Um, I think is the the biggest question that a lot of these companies are trying to solve. And like you mentioned, that includes everything from routine daily tasks to more complex needs like dementia care. Um, there was a federal study done uh recently that showed home care is actually becoming one of the nation's fastest growing occupations with an additional million workers needed by 2026. So right now you've got this this supply demand issue going on. And for home care workers, this is a job market that's really plagued by low wages, um, inconvenient work schedules. You've got little opportunity to advance And even sometimes misalignment of the skill set that a family requires versus the skill set that that caregiver actually has. And so in all of that, you have a very high turnover environment, which has really created this labor shortage, especially at some of the skilled nursing facilities. Todd, you and I have talked about a couple of um, REITs out there that have struggled over the last few years because of a number of factors, but a huge factor being just this shortage of skilled quality workers. So being able to attract and retain the best caregivers out there is a huge problem. Um, And so I think all in all, you've got multiple pressures. You've got a a booming aging population. You have a shortage of skilled workers out there that can meet the need. And at the end of the day, this leaves people who are basically the most in need of quality care having the least amount of access to it. Those are great points, and it is something that all of these companies are going to have to try and, and figure out. I mean, historically, when you were looking for someone who is going to pitch in and help you out, maybe you were relying on something like Craigslist, or you were, you know, if you go back even further, the classified section, or word of mouth, talking to friends and family. And, you know, like you said, with the demand being the way it is today, it's a lot more competitive for those people, yet at the same time, we're still kind of hamstrung by our wallets. So, you know, we have those competing forces. Traditional supply and demand theoretically should be driving up wages for these caregivers and attracting more people to that industry. But at the same time, you have this other dynamic where you have people with not a lot of extra discretionary income that they can commit to these things. So you really have to find the perfect person uh, to, 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 for each of these individual situations. And I suppose that's why platforms that can sit in the middle are becoming so valuable because these platforms can cast a very, very wide uh, net. And as things like Uber and Airbnb and such have shown us, um, being able to tap into this broader population of people has been, it, it can be a very successful uh, business model. I mean, we talk um, just probably around our friends and our family, everybody else, about how everything is moving towards this kind of gig-oriented economy. And I suppose as time goes by, maybe you'll end up with more of a situation where, say you have traditionally a stay-at-home parent, um, and they have a little bit of extra flexibility because maybe now their their child has started to go off into elementary school themselves. Well, maybe now they could participate through one of these platforms 
and use some of their time, put some of that time that otherwise they would be maybe at home, not as productive as they'd like to be doing something and helping out and pitching in for somebody else. Exactly. So it all comes down to just finding the right caregiver at the right cost, to your point, Todd, and with the right skill set to do that. And that's where you have companies and startups stepping in to fill that gap and where we as investors can look for opportunities. Um, there's one public company that uh, I think really got its start more so in the childcare space, but has expanded to other areas, including senior care. And that is none other than care.com, ticker symbol CRCM. Um, Todd, this is a company I know recently has made um, a lot of headlines, probably for a lot of the wrong reasons, but it's a company we've been asked about quite extensively here at The Motley Fool. But can you just tell us a little bit more about their business? what it is that they're attempting to do, and uh, I guess, too, like what's been happening in 2019. Yeah, they've actually been around quite a while, Shannon. They started, got their start back in 2007, recognizing early on that there might be this tidal shift towards demand. And, you know, they've, they've, they've established a platform um, online or via mobile, you can access it, where you are able to either, as a family looking for a caregiver, go on and search and get connected to people who might be interested in that role that you have available. Or uh, conversely, if you're someone who has extra time and you like to be a caregiver, if you have a certain skill set, like your LNA or something else, you're able to go on the platform and get screened and be able to be matched up. So they call it the a matching platform, if you will. So they're matching the people who need it with the people uh, who can provide it. They're also doing some other ancillary kind of things. You know, they provide a uh, service that allows you to pay the care provider through their platform, and that can streamline, of course, things for taxes. Um, they're also allowing the caregivers um, some, some tax tools and that type of thing to help them better uh, manage it as a, as a real business, if you will. And then, of course, they also have this very fast-growing part of the business, which is um, providing these services as a backup uh, to employees of different companies. For example, Best Buy is a, is a client of theirs, and Best Buy offers backup daycare through uh, the care.com platform. And in 2019, we're going to get to it, there, has been, there have been some, we'll call it growing pains, um, but there have been some issues, and we'll explain those in a minute. But just leading up to that, just to give you a little bit of feel for where the company is today, they have about 31 million people who have are interacting with their system. They call those members. And of those, they have about, let's call it 340,000 or so who are paying subscriptions that give them access to use the platform. So that's kind of where they make their, their bread and butter. They get these subscription fees from these families who then can be connected to these caregivers. And then, of course, on the, on the enterprise side, they can collect fees from um, the employers who are who are providing access for their for their workers to these caregivers? They have um, they're a pretty good sized company considering you know that's a relatively you know early in this I guess escalation of demand for this for this these services. Um, you know they they do do I think they do about two hundred million roughly in revenue. Um, and they're growing at about a 10% clip. So that's kind of like the backstory of it. But you mentioned, you said, rocky year in 2019. Yeah. I mean, this is part of the issue. Can you screen these care these caregivers in a way to make sure that 
you have honesty and integrity throughout the platform. And in March, the Wall Street Journal did an article that called into question whether or not Care.com was doing enough to make sure that the people who were offering services on their platform um, were the people who should be offering services on that platform. And since there, since then, there's been kind of this domino effect that's happened. I mean, the CFO has resigned. The CEO has announced they're looking for a permanent CEO, and she's going to transition uh, to a chairmanship uh, type role. Best Buy had stepped away from their business for a while to reevaluate and make sure that everything was copacetic. Uh, it seems that they've done that, and they're back as being uh, a big client of theirs on the enterprise side. But yeah, this is this is one of those big issues that all of these companies in the space are going to have to. To, to figure out how to manage. How do we make sure that everybody who's participating on the platform is safe? Is safe. And that, I think, um, it's the trust with any of these platforms, whether it be for a child or whether it be for um, elder care. Trust is really the underpinning of it all. And so Care.com, um, we've been talking about it internally here over the past few weeks, especially with the announcement that the CEO and founder uh, was stepping aside into an executive chairman role. Um, you know, is this is this the bottom for Care.com? Is it now, you know, the ultimate value play? Right now, the stock is trading for about $9 a share, has a market cap just north of $300 million, one and a half times sales. I mean, could this be the ultimate value play? Because obviously, they are helping to um, fill that gap. They're addressing specific needs. They do have multiple product lines. Granted, the activist investors are also now starting a circle. But if you step back, look at it from a much longer lens, when you see what Care.com is doing and how basically they're just making it convenient for you to find a caregiver, no matter whether it's child care or senior care, and giving you all the tools that you need to be able to manage that relationship, you do have to wonder if this could actually be a good buying opportunity for a company like this. And that's the that we got to get to that investing takeaway for our listeners, right? You know, is this something that's investment worthy at this point? The shares have absolutely been hammered over the course of the last few months since that Wall Street Journal article. They are taking steps to make sure that their platform. Um, is stronger. So, you know, you're going to see over the course of the next six to 12 months, more tools, more screening, more availability of uh, sophisticated background checks that, you know, families can use for these caregivers or the caregivers can take and there and use as a marketing tool uh, to get more business. So you're going to see all of that happening there. I think changing some of the leadership is not a bad thing. I think having a fresh set of eyes would be very good. Um, I think that you know, they said in Q2 that their sales had had, you know, they brought down their guidance because their their sales weren't quite as much they were hoping for, uh, and they said that's because of a drop off in word of mouth business, and that was largely because of the Wall Street Journal overhang. At some point, as that gets further and further in the background, you're going to have easier theoretically comparisons. My feeling is that 2020 might be a very good time to start looking for a recovery in the stock. Time will tell, but. The company is still growing about 10% year over year, and that's despite this negative headwind. So for me, I think it's a name worth keeping on a watch list. 
Absolutely. So time will tell. A lot to watch here.、Um, on the other side of the break, we're going to be looking at a privately held company that is really stepping up to address the massive need specific to the aging population、um, in the senior care market. But first, a quick word from our friends at NetSuite. If you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. But the problem growing businesses have that keeps them from knowing their numbers is their hodgepodge of business systems. You've got one system for accounting, another for sales, another for inventory, and the list goes on. And it's really just a big, inefficient mess. It takes up too much time and too many resources, and ultimately, that hurts the bottom line. So, introducing NetSuite by Oracle, the business management software that handles every aspect of your business. And an easy-to-use cloud platform, giving you the visibility and control you need to grow. With Netsuite, you save time, money, and unneeded headaches by managing sales, finance, and accounting, orders, and HR instantly, right from your desktop or phone. And that's why Netsuite is the world's number one cloud business system. Right now, Netsuite is offering you valuable insights with a free guide. Seven key strategies to grow your profits at netsuite.com/fool. That's netsuite.com/fool to download your free guide. Seven key strategies to grow your profits. Again, netsuite.com/fool. And we're back. So for today's show, I thought it'd be great to dive a little bit deeper in terms of understanding the home care market and some of the industry trends and dynamics shaping the space.、Uh, so I'm super excited to have CEO and founder of HomeCare.com. Todd Walworth joining us today.、Uh, HomeCare.com is a privately held company, and it's also an investment with the Motley Fool's sister company, Motley Fool Ventures. And he's joining us today just to give us some unique insights into his business and the industry. As a serial entrepreneur, if I can use that term, Todd,、uh, he just comes with a wealth of knowledge and experience, having built multiple companies from the ground up. Todd, I'm so excited. Welcome to Industry Focus. Thank you. And first. Thanks just for having me. We're、uh, super excited to talk about、uh, home care today and、uh, help your audience understand some of the things that we do. Exactly. Yeah. Let's kick things off with that. So, a lot of our listeners with Industry Focus Healthcare,、um, we always try to cover new trends, things that they need to be watching. But before we get into that, let's just talk about HomeCare.com. What is it, and how exactly does it work? Sure. So, HomeCare.com is a mobile app that caregivers can download. To get connected directly with families that need their services,、uh, we have over 250,000 caregivers that have、um, registered with HomeCare.com to be caregivers.、Um, and I think the reason that they're excited about having a mobile app to help them manage their work life is because、uh, you know there's so many different families that need care.、Um, The trend now is that caregivers、uh, want to be able to have control, choice, convenience, and by downloading the app, they can see all the work opportunities that are in their area. They get to select the ones that work for their schedule, for their commute,、um, and most importantly, they get to interview the family during the process, so they can align the type of work they want to do with the skills that they have. So, if they want to be challenged, if they want to work with families with dementia. Um, if they want to provide companionship, they can really look at that、uh, those opportunities on the app and then pick the things that are best for them. Gotcha. And and Todd, you yourself, you you have such a unique 
background. You've done quite a lot, even before you started diving into the startup world. Can you tell us about those experiences that you've had before HomeCare.com and how they really helped shape your vision and strategy for this mobile app service? Sure. Yeah. You know, I've worked for big companies for a long time. Um, Coming up, I worked for big companies like AT&T and uh, America Online. I worked for the Weather Channel. Um, You know, I was fortunate enough that when I joined the Weather Channel, it was right in 1996 when the Internet was starting. So I helped them build their initial website for weather.com. And, you know, I really learned there about you know, what consumers like to do on the Internet, how to present information digitally, how to iterate to improve functionality, features. Um, And I've tried to kind of carry that with me in my later years here as I've gone off to become uh, an entrepreneur and start my own company. Um, I've tried to carry a lot of those things with me. I got into the senior business right around 2006, um, dealing with my own family situation. You know, I, I was looking for care for one of my family members and found, gosh, even though the Internet at that point had been around for 10 years, there weren't many, uh, there's no brands or Sherpas to help you kind of navigate through how to find providers, who pays for it, who are the good ones, how does this whole process work? Um, So I started a company in 2006 called SeniorLiving.net that kind of helped families with assisted living. And then um, we sold that business, and in 2015, we started HomeCare.com to help families on the home care side of things. So it's kind of kind of had a wide spectrum of experiences in the senior care world. Yeah, yeah, very wide spectrum. Um, one of the quotes I read from an interview that you did not too long ago really stood out to me. You said, traditional home care is broken. Can you explain that and really how home care has kind of positioned itself to solve that problem? Yeah, and when I say that, I don't mean that the industry doesn't care about families, that they're not well-intentioned people who are um, trying to do right by people. You know, the people in the home care industry have big hearts. Um, they put their, they work long hours, um, you know, and it's a, it's a labor of love that they've chosen to kind of go into this field. The biggest problem to me is really the physics and the economics of the industry. Uh, When I got into the industry in 2006, the average caregiver in the U.S. made $9.75 an hour. Hmm. Not a lot, but um, that was 13 years ago. Last year, the average caregiver made $10.25 an hour. So not much improvement in 12 or 13 years of caregiving. And the challenge is that most home care agencies don't make very much money, right? It's a, it's a low-margin kind of business, and they have high fixed costs. They have nurses and schedulers and their office location, payroll people, marketing people. So, you know, the industry has replicated this business model. 20, 000, I think there's 20,000 providers in the U.S. alone. And they all have the same location, a couple of zip codes that they cover, a handful of caregivers, a handful of families. And they haven't been able to kind of change their business model very much. Last year, the turnover for caregivers, because the wages are so low, was 82%, which boils down to you and me being that if your mom likes the caregiver that she has, there's an 82% that that caregiver is probably going to change out in the time that they're getting service. 
from whoever they chose to provide, which isn't a very good experience for anybody. The caregiver uh, is going through change. The families certainly don't want to go through change. And then the providers have to constantly replenish the supply of caregivers. So we kind of tried to take a, uh, a strategy which would avoid that, which would be let's just c- connect the caregivers directly with the families and kind of take the agencies out of the middle of that relationship. They add a lot of cost to it. Um, and if we can do some of the functions that the agency does through technology, we can save the family money and, more importantly, give the family uh, control over who is providing their care. You know, it seems odd, but uh, you know, the home care industry has been around for 30 years, but isn't it odd that you don't get to interview your caregiver before they start or see what their resume is or their experience or talk to several caregivers before you decide which one is best for you? Every other industry allows you to do that except home care. So we kind of put those basic uh, pieces back in place so that families could see the background of the caregiver, the experience, um, and then select what was going to be the best fit for their family. So it's kind of come full circle with the whole, you know, the economics and that that particular quote. That's really what I meant when I said that. Yeah. And, and I think, too, you mentioned the word alignment. And I think from any sort of caregiver model, whether it be, you know, senior care, even from, you know, just child care, having alignment with what your needs are and also what the needs are, or at least the skill set that this caregiver is bringing is important. Um, so I'm curious, have you seen, just as the labor market has evolved, and it's something we've talked about a lot in the show, have you seen, um, I guess, more requests for more like specialized needs that a lot of these clients are asking for? And because of your network, is it easier for you to try to match up those needs? Yeah, we do it two ways. First, we do a pretty extensive interview with the family. Um, you know, what was your life like before? What was your mom doing before she had, you know, she needed the care that she needs? Um, and how can we get her closer back to, you know, what her her is normal for her life? Um, and most importantly, we basically do a detailed inventory of kind of what the family's looking for, and then we put that out to our network. So now caregivers can actually get a really detailed view of, okay, what's what kind of things is this person looking to do? Where are they? What do they need help with? And does that match up with what I'm interested in doing? Some people love the challenge of a really complex case. Um, other people might be intimidated by that and really just want to get to know the person they're taking care of and have more of a personal relationship with them and everything in between. So by doing that detailed interview and then pushing that out through the technology, the caregiver can get a really good feel initially for what the family is looking for. What are the hours? What are they willing to pay? What is the location? What are the things they need done? And then in the interview, get the rest of the story. Is the personality a fit? Is this somebody I think I can work with? Can I be successful in this particular engagement? So that's, yeah, so that's a little bit how we align that. And then we also add in all of the other safety um, and, and, and needed items in today's world where we're background checking, we're verifying their license, we're getting references for the families, and we're tracking their success rate. So what have other families said about that caregiver? Did they show up on time? Were they earnest? Did they provide good work? Um, what feedback do we have? And now having done this for five or six years, we literally have thousands 
of data points of feedback on the caregivers, and we're able to reward good work that is out there. And the average experience of a caregiver on our network is about nine and a half years. So I think we're attracting kind of the best people who are tired of only having one option or make 10 to $12 an hour working for a home care agency. Now they can essentially work for themselves on our platform. And we're seeing some of the rates that they're able to get, you know, $15, $16, $17 an hour sometimes. So that's good for everybody. If the caregiver's getting treated better, they want to show up, they want to do good work, uh, they're going to be more consistent. And through our business model, we're able to get more of the money that the family is spending to the caregiver where it belongs. So that's why the caregivers, you know, are really thriving on a platform like HomeCare.com. Yeah, that makes so much sense. I mean, if the caregiver's happy, the family is happy. Um, I want to kind of zoom out a little bit because it seems like the demand for caregivers in this market uh, has really never been higher. What do you think are some of the key drivers or just industry trends pushing more consumers to home care versus some of the other options that they could choose from? Um, yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's just like, you know, uh, it, it's a kind of a common sense approach. Uh, most people want to stay at home. They don't want to be in uh, a location that isn't their home with their creature comforts. It's also the most inexpensive way to get care. The great thing about home care is if a family member wants to help out three or four days a week, then you only need a caregiver three or four days a week to kind of fill in the other holes. So it's really um, flexible in terms of the way that you can package it. You could get it for four hours a day. Um, You could get it for four days a week. You can't live at an assisted living facility four days a week. That's not how that industry is set up. To work, you work, you you move in there and you live there all the time, and you pay the cost of that higher cost all the time. So that's um, between wanting to stay at home and just the sheer economics. It's the most cost-effective way to get care. Um, it also provides that layer for adult children of security. You know, I was reading an article that um, I think 65% of adult children live more than 200 miles away from their uh, parents. And in today, you know, as our parents are aging and everyone's living longer, that makes it kind of tricky if you're a couple states away to look in on your family member and, and take, you know, take care and make sure they're safe and make sure they're, they're comfortable. And home care can provide that connectivity when adult children can't be, you know, have proximity to the ones they love. So it's a good option for them. Yeah, that's so true. And I can relate. I mean, that's something that I'm even starting to to think about now. I'm a a millennial, but, you know, my parents live a couple of states over. So I think it is becoming just as um, society, as kids move away um, from their parents, it becomes so much more of a thing you have to start thinking about sooner. And the economics, I think, alone, there's such a focus on just the massive amount of spending that goes into healthcare as a millennial too, it's also thinking about how can I make sure that I am making the most cost-effective decisions. Um, so all of that plays into to this model that you've built. With that being said, though, Todd, what do you think are the biggest, I guess, opportunities for HomeCare.com and even the industry? And also, what are some of the biggest challenges that, right now that you're facing? Well, on the opportunity side, I think that you know, one of the big trends right now in healthcare is consumer-directed care. You know, I can pick my doctors. I can pick my procedures. I could go to a couple of doctors, get a second opinion, and I am empowered to kind of choose the path 
of the solution that I think is going to work best for me. I, I really like that aspect of healthcare. Um, generations gone by, it was driven by insurance costs, and doctors said you had to do this. And now it's a, it, with the internet, the sharing of information that's out there. People are a lot more informed than they were 20 years ago. And the consumer is much more enabled and empowered to make their own choices. I like that aspect. That's also the case in home care here because they're able to choose the, the caregiver they want or a team of caregivers to provide the services that they want. So that's, that's a big trend right now. Um, and, you know, the number of people who need care is not going down. You know, the, the, if you think I, I was at a conference a couple weeks ago and the first baby boomer, which is the largest group, uh, you know, uh, from 1946 to 1965, there were twice as many people born as any other, uh, you know, period. And that's, it, it created a large, uh, you know, inventory of potential customers. The first baby boomer doesn't turn 80 until 2025. So if you think about home care, we're just getting started. Um, uh, about five years ago, I think 40 million people were getting home care, and they think they say by 2025, 2030, that that will double to about 80 million people needing home care. So it's a huge revenue opportunity, the services that are needed. And quite frankly, we're not sure if we have enough caregivers to even service them. So if we don't create new compelling platforms, technology, things that give caregivers choice or attract new caregivers in here, there's not going to be anybody to take care of us when we're ready for care. So, um, you know, we need to be kind of focused on creating real working opportunities for people that want to do this kind of work. Um, a second opportunity is that healthcare providers are starting to use our platform to get workers in their operation. Uh, examples would be assisted living or skilled nursing facilities, hospitals. They need a lot of caregivers to provide aid services um, to the patients you know, in their facilities. And we have a growing business as well, providing um, access to our 250,000 caregivers to healthcare providers. So we're excited about that. We call that product ShiftMed. And um, we've kind of packaged it a little bit different for healthcare providers. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it just creates more opportunities for the caregivers themselves. Um, and, you know, we're, the, the challenges of the industry is that, you know, it, it's still, we're still in the education phase. People don't know these options exist. Uh, that's why we want to tell your audience. That's why we're um, attending a lot of conferences and health fairs and, and just letting people know that these options exist. I think that's our biggest challenge because, um, there's no, you don't get a training class in college about how to deal with senior stuff. And, uh, you know, we really have to kind of take the village approach to helping each other, talking about it. It's much more common now to talk about senior things uh, than it was in the past. And I think those are all really good trends that will solve that problem. But it's a challenge still is educating everybody as how the things work. Yeah, that's so true. The education and the awareness of these options out there is key. I think underpinning really this entire space and, and really the home care model is this platform of trust. Um, a company we've talked about on the show before, Care.com, of course, 
has been dealt some blows on the trust just in terms of like background background checks, screening, things like that. Um, it sounds like with home care, though, it's a much more specialized, more intimate trust building that starts really at the beginning. And it's not just a background check. Is that right? Yeah. And we're, you know, the... Um the home care market is a much more regulated market than the child care market, um, believe it or not. So there isn't, uh, you know, there isn't a lot of statutes that I know about about what your babysitter needs to do before they come out to your home and things like that. But, um, you know, at the state level and the federal level, there are um, there's a fair amount of regulatory protection. Um, we and we even go well beyond that. So. Um, but having background check and license checks and reference checks and all the credentialing, health screening, TB tests, uh, all the different things that go into making the workers safe for patients, um, the states do a pretty good job of regulating that. And then, you know, we've made our technology uh, so that it supports all that regulation. So I think we're in good shape there. And we're fortunately... Uh, we're required to do all those things before people go out. I think in the daycare industry, it's more uh, optional, and I think that's where kind of care got caught there a little bit because some of those things were optional. Some families thought they had already been done and didn't get those extra services, and that's where the, the gap in perception kind of existed and and uh, created some problems there. So I, things that we, I don't think we have in this industry, but we're pretty vigilant about it because quality in healthcare, you only get one shot, and if you're not providing quality services all the time, uh, you're not going to get very far. People have long memories in healthcare; they stay in it for their whole lives as workers. And you know, we just want to keep that relationship front and center at all times. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, just paying for healthcare expenses, as we've talked about, is just something that is on the top of minds for many. Um, but it's also really complex, especially when it comes to senior care as expenses continue to rise as the population gets older. Um, Obviously, having a platform where you have that flexibility to um, find a caregiver, there's payment offered through the platform as well. But as we expand out in terms of just insurance coverage, whether it be private or public, I mean, what are the options out there for, you know, families who are looking for caregiver services? Well, the good news is that we we try to be the most competitively priced in our market. So we're trying to save family money because it's a huge expense to them. We're typically, you know, 15 or 20 percent cheaper than the other local options. You know, uh, home care as a category has never been paid for through government services. So Medicare and Medicaid traditionally haven't paid for private duty home care um, because it's non-medical in nature. Um but that's changing. Um, the Medicare Advantage uh, program has changed. So for 2019 was the first year that um, Medicare Advantage, if you're on a Medicare Advantage program, they actually have some codes for you to get private duty home care through your Medicare Advantage provider, which is nice. Now, it's, I would say it's early stages of that. There's not a lot of people who know about that, who are taking advantage of that yet. It's, you know, about four to six weeks of coverage after specific events and things like that. But I think that's the first step in having home care included in some of those programs because, uh, interestingly, what they're finding is that the non-medical things 
determine the outcomes just as much as the medical things. I'll give you a couple examples. So um, the most common reason that um, people get readmitted to the hospital are um, a they don't go to their doctor's appointments. <laughs> okay. Um, well, if you have a home care worker, that's one of the things they do. They take you to your doctor, they sit with you there, and they make sure that you're getting those checkups and those follow-up visits, and they can get to things early so that it's not an ambulance roll or an emergency room visit. So that's one thing. The second thing they do is they make sure that you take your medication. That's actually the second top reason that people get readmitted to the hospital is they don't stay on their regimen of the medication. Something happens and then they're right back in. And that's where the high expense is. If we're all constantly using the healthcare resources sort of in an emergency mode, the expenses of that, we just can't catch up with that. Um, they also do other things like help you eat nutritious meals, reduce fall risks in the house. None of those are about a medical procedure or a script or an infusion or an injection. Those are just... Um, you know, kind of good common sense things that if we do all those things, we can really take a lot of the expense out of the uh, out of the healthcare system, and that's what people in hospitals are just starting to figure out the importance of home care and how it can kind of drive down their costs, so that we can save the money for the people who really need it the most. So. Great. So it really does sound like HomeCare.com um, is just positioned very nicely right now um, to really capture, of course, the aging baby boomer population, a lot of the focus on bringing down the cost. And it also sounds like you're finally starting to see some coverage come your way as well. To close this out, Todd, I guess, what's what's next? What's on the horizon for HomeCare.com? Well, I mean, we're just we're continuing to grow the geographies that we serve. Um, we're in over 10,000 zip codes across the country now, so we can provide coverage um, for a good part of the country. We started in the mid-Atlantic, but we've now moved south into North Carolina, Texas. Uh, we're in the Midwest in Michigan, Ohio. We've opened up the West in Arizona and Colorado. So we're getting good geographic coverage, so we're focused on that. Um, we continue to really drive uh, the matching process so that we're getting families connected with the most caregivers. Um, and we're starting to help uh, healthcare providers as well with their care needs. So it's a lot, but it's an important mission. We feel like we're a mission-driven company that is making a, a difference in people's lives. And, uh, you know, we're excited that we get to do what we love, working with technology, helping people, um, but also, you know, kind of solve problems that families are experiencing every day. So those are some of the things we're working on. Yeah, so lots of exciting things to keep watch on. Todd, thank you so much for just taking the time out of your day to chat with us and just for giving our listeners an opportunity to really understand this space. Thrilled that you were able to, to take this time. All right. Thank you, Shannon. I appreciate it. Take care, Todd. All right, and that will do it for this week's Industry Focus Healthcare Show. Thanks so much for tuning in. As always, people on the program may have an interest in the companies discussed on the show, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against stocks mentioned. So don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear. Thanks to Austin Morgan for his work behind the glass. For Todd Campbell, I'm Shannon Jones. Thanks for listening and full on. Music.